And we are back with another Black Widow Cream podcast. New episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Real Verse World. It is a motherfucking fantastic day to be alive. And today's special guest on that great day to be alive is Andrew Hales. He's a YouTuber who has gained over 340 million views across his channel. Um, basically, Andrew's created, like early on, was doing pranks. He, he would do these prank videos that kind of were inspired by Jackass and the whole hidden camera thing. And he would uh, go out into different crowds of people and try, he calls them social experiments because it's a little easier for people to allow him to use the footage after he did the pranks. But he's done a ton of different videos that were very, very funny and got tons of views. And I remember watching this shit all the time. I would show all my friends these videos and then I randomly happened to skate across him in, uh, in Hollywood. And I was like, yo, uh, I would love to get you on the podcast. Your shit is brilliant. And he said yes. So he hopped on the podcast and explained his story, and it was pretty awesome. His channel that he started, Loft, it's L-A-H-W-F, is inspired by Fight Club. Everything he does, he even has a watch inspired by Fight Club. Um, but that's where he puts all his content on his channel, and he recently just started a podcast slash interview series, I guess you could call it, on his channel called Chatting With, where he chats with like very interesting uh, subjects with wild viewpoints like a flat earther or a 9-11 conspiracy theorist or uh, like ex-convicts like it's pretty interesting so he just he's been doing that for a while and it's and, and it's blowing up and starting to pick up steam and I'm glad to have him on the show so get excited for this interview it's a great one this dude is super super interesting and uh yeah we appreciate you listening to this if you want to join black window cream if you don't know what black window cream is black window cream is a private creative collective i guess full of creators that are sharing their content uh asking for feedback tips and tricks and all that in a private facebook group that we have and it's free to join so if you'd like to join bwnc.com slash join we'd love to have you please join um and uh that's it yeah subscribe to this podcast if you're new because we do these things every wednesday and sunday and uh, we appreciate your support. So, cool. Before we begin, uh, I just want to say uh, shout out to everyone that bought our Black Window Cream mugs because, you know, we made them and we have them in stock. And then when they leave stock, it feels good. And then that helps us pay the bills. And if you haven't bought one yet and you're you're like, man, I should do it because I support this podcast. You can do it at shopbwc.com because we love you. All right, cool. Let's get to the podcast right motherfucking now. <laughs> Attention. If you stop this podcast recording at any time, you will die. I don't want to die. Do you want to live? Yeah. You have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die. I'm kidding. You won't die. You're just weak shit for not sharing. And the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to... Goes to... Black with no cream. What do you think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking Ben Haggerty. I knew you would say that. And we are back with another Black with No Cream podcast. New episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Roverse World. Today's special guest, Andrew Hills. How you doing, bro? Real good. How are you? I'm very, I'm very great. And I'm happy that you decided to join us on this podcast. Of course. Um, you don't know anything about me, but I've been paying attention to your channel for fucking years. I actually got into your channel because I saw you in someone else's video and you look like one of my best friends, Kyle. Okay. I, get, I get that a lot, actually. Like, like you look like my homie Kyle? Well, yeah. A lot of people, you know, they tell me that I look like whatever, yeah. It's like somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> You're just I like, just okay. have the, one of those faces. <laughs> you do, but you, you look identical to my homie. And I was always like, watch this shit. And then you explore the channel. Yeah. And I see all the shit you got. And it's just, I mean, I was in Iowa watching all your content Thanks. out here. And I don't know. It's just, it seems like you making prank videos out the gate is something that's timeless. Like you can watch 
a video that you made eight years ago now and I can still laugh just as hard. Well, that's nice of you. Do you feel like that? I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, it, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. It's a, it, it just seems like, like we were just watching him cause he hadn't seen him yet. And so mm-hmm. I was playing a couple of the like top, you know, your top ones and I was fucking crying just like I was when I watched that shit five years ago. Hell yeah. But, um, for people who don't know you make, uh, you make a ton of different types of content on your YouTube channel. Your YouTube channel's booming. You've, yeah. you've conquered YouTube. Congrats. Thanks. It's what we're trying to figure out how to do it. It's hard. You'll get there. Thanks, man. It's all about consistency. Uh, I guess, yeah, just meditate on it and figure that shit out. Yeah. (laughs) It it, it kind of is a mystery. Yeah, it is. When, uh, I mean, now your your channel, you've kind of changed the content that you're releasing, uh, Mm -hmm. which, when did that happen? Like a year ago? Yeah. Uh, about the end of 2017 would be like when I strictly only put out interviews. Right. And the so. interviews I was telling you, that's so I was skating by my office here in Hollywood, and I always see you out here walking around with your dog. Shout out to your dog. Nice. Um, Bonnie. Yeah, and I see you walking. So did my girl. She sees you too. So we're always like, I was like, that, yo, you got to check out his videos. He's nice. funny. Yeah, your girlfriend's hot, dude. Thanks, bro. Appreciate that. I'm just kidding. I don't know what she looks like. <laughs> She's hot, dude. <laughs> but uh, nah, so we, we always see you, and I'm like, man, I should just hit him up and see if I can get him on the podcast. I DM you one time. You of didn't course. respond. Yeah, that's sad. It is what it is. You're, you're, you're famous, bro. So then- I'm very famous. Right. And very then, important. Very important. Very important YouTuber. He's, <laughs> if you can put YouTuber in your job title, you're No, I, I know. I am glad you like stopped me when I was getting coffee that one day. Yeah, but I hate. I feel like it's one of those things, and trust me, you probably no. go through all the time where people just annoy you when you're trying to be No, actually, no. Nowadays, no one stops me. I'm like, I'm not relevant anymore, you know? Really? <laughs> Well, yeah, because of the interviews, they're niche. Right, very niche. So the pranks were all like, uh, you know, popcorn crowd pleasers. Right, right, right. So these last couple of years, it's definitely died down a bit. Hmm, that's so interesting. Yeah, no, I'm like more than happy to help you out. <laughs> no, I just, I wanted to talk to you because I'm, you doing the transition into doing these interviews, like some of the people you'd be interviewing are like an ex-convict, a 9-11 conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Um, so what I told him, I was like, yo, when you started this shit, I thought it was a joke. Like... Your channel's known for being yeah. comedic and doing pranks. <laughs> so I thought you were pranking all of us that you were interviewing these people. Because you were interviewing some um, like influencer type people too. I think maybe that's what kind of threw oh, me right, off. Oh, right. At the beginning. Like the Gabby right. show yeah. or whoever. Like I was Cody like. Co. Yeah. Um, Aaron Breen. Um, Gabby show. Yeah, a few. And then. Futuristic. Yeah, then, yeah, sure, yeah. And then it started to pick up as soon as I figured out that you just, you know different walks of life and right. that, that was like kind of what shaped the little brand there yeah because it, it i when i listen to it thinking it's a joke and then i hear this like very serious like you being very actually intrigued by what they do right and you sit down and start talking to these people uh, an expert on homicide and you just started shooting the shit with someone that's like an expert on homicide mm-hmm. which i think is so interesting because that's usually when you're driving like an uber or you're riding in an uber and the uber driver does that as their normal job and they tell you about it and Mm-hmm. You get to actually ask them real questions, but yeah, that's definitely like one of the strategies. Like I, I wanted the, the one of the parts of the brand. I wanted, I wanted to be like, um, like a random guy that just asked you in the bar, right? The dumb questions, right? And yeah, <laughs> but and that everyone needs to know. Like we want to know, you know, right? All the dumb questions, I guess. But like, yeah, like I'm not an intellectual. A lot of people, a lot of the comments, you know, <laughs> I, I know as soon as it starts with it if the if the comment starts with this interviewer i know it's going to be <laughs> negative you know right like yeah i know i'm a jackass but 
that's like almost part of the brand like it's I want to relate to the most people yeah but so. you, you seem to do, do a lot of inter, uh, research when you're going to go into those interviews yeah no I'll definitely like binge the whole night before or whatever it is um, but also there's a me- there's a happy medium because I like I also want to have that like um, pure curiosity also be there right so well it kind of opens up the door for like a, a organic conversation right so I try not to research too much and not to know too much and then you know let my right. natural curiosity do a lot of the work right so I mean, we're going to, I want to get into this. Um, but I mean, your channel prior to doing the interviews, you had such an explosive channel. Like you said, it was a popcorn pleaser for the audience, but it would be viral content that would get like tens of millions of views on your videos, mm-hmm. which is fucking ridiculous. Uh, my applause to you. That's pretty sure. tight. Yeah. Um, but before you get, before starting YouTube, like where did the interest in kind of creating content come from? Like, was that early, early on? Cause when did you start the channel? You started that in like, when, I don't know what, 2000. Well, I, I guess I technically started it in 2009, but I didn't upload anything until about 2012. Um, but yeah, the whole time, I guess, has just been, you know, I mean, since I guess since I was 16, you know, I always did like jackass videos, skateboarding, right. whatever. But then finally 2012, and then one of them blew up, and I was like, all right, oh, hell yeah. And so this might actually be a thing. And then so we kept doing it every Monday. And, and it was just jackass-type content. Well, or was it the prank shit right out the gate? Well, yeah, at, by that point, it was just hidden camera jackass shit. I think the first video was almost picking up chicks. <laughs> right. And then, uh, yeah, then we just kept doing it every Monday. And... For that next year it just blew up yeah it's so interesting because your demeanor is like very like laid back and kind no of quiet you know what <laughs> i mean like that's yeah. who you are yeah it's funny as fuck to me that you'll go up to people and just say the most wild shit or <clears throat> laugh when you're not supposed to you know yeah. what i mean no definitely yeah <clears throat> people have mentioned that and i'm I mean, I, I made a little, uh, I guess, vlog slash documentary. Yeah, explaining. Like, I, I was on, like, Adderall, like, a lot of the pranks. Yeah. And that helped me come out of my shell. Damn. So, for the, for that, like, two, three-hour window before you come down, you know. So, so you strategically would take Adderall for, yeah. to shoot videos. Yeah. Because you knew that would change your character. I, I knew it would make me, yeah, more confident, right. more ballsy, etc. Huh. So... That's yeah. similar to like a musician like drinking before they go on stage or something. Right, or you know? cocaine, yeah, whatever. Or yeah. That's the thing. Like I don't I don't feel bad about it. It's like uh you know, yeah, so many people in the entertainment industry they do rely on drugs right. to, to get them through whatever performance. Right. So Um You're from where are you from originally? New York? Utah mostly. Utah? Yeah. Do you live in New York at one point? Mm, I was born in New York born in new york for a year and then I, I grew up in new hampshire until i was 10 and then mostly utah until i was 24 were you making the videos in utah first before it, when they started blowing up so it yes. was all happening at home yeah this all happened in provo yeah like byu uvu wow yeah what uh which part of utah were you from mostly salt lake yeah yeah the capital do you like it there yeah it's great it's where all my family is what would you do uh for in your downtime what was like the fun shit to do in utah um i've only ever been to park city um yeah park City's great yeah i would snowboard a bit uh i don't know skateboarding uh just going out yeah normal stuff you know that anyone does right 
Yeah. Were you into like the music culture at all? Like uh, as far as like punk, I mean, I feel like Jackass, by being a fan of Jackass, you might fall into the CKY or the punk type shit or like that's like. Yeah, sure. I mean like, yeah, I I don't know. Not really. Like, yeah, I loved like Blink-182 and all that shit, but not really. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm really not. Yeah. I'm not into music as much as I should. Mm. Yeah. I feel like with the. Becoming a fan of Jackass, I was the same way. Like, we would, you know, jumping into trees. Yeah, how old are you now? 31. Okay, cool. How old yeah, you? you're my generation. Yeah. I'm 29. Okay, right. Cool. So, yeah, Jackass was, like, the fucking thing to look... I mean, it's still, like, yeah, the content Jackass, I, I, I fucking worshipped mm-hmm. Jackass. I loved Johnny Knoxville, all that. Like, I couldn't wait for that com- to come on MTV, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah, and it was, like, you see it, and then you want to imitate that shit. So that was even- the best show on TV it was. when you were 14. Yes. Yeah. It's still, but, I mean, even if you go watch the movies, they try to make them into movies and shit. It's, yeah. like, still, you still watch it. It's still fun. Like, they still it's, push it. I love it. I feel like when you watched that, was it something that kind of calculated to, like, oh, yeah, we should, you know, hide the cameras in the tree and, and go walk up to someone and do some wild shit? just was what was the first experiment because i like how you always tell people it's like oh this is just a social experiment or whatever like yeah to me that makes sense right like it it is you playing a character it is you doing like um like fucking theater type shit almost yeah well social experiments definitely (laughs) a much easier thing to tell people than prank you know they're just like oh oh like some student film bullshit yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) right right like oh it's a prank you know like they're less offended for some reason so i picked that up immediately right so i said social experiment a bunch of times um but yeah a lot of it does derive from jackass and like the, the stuff they used to do and hidden camera stuff and um but yeah who would you make the videos with was it you and like your friends how did you start um, making them at first i guess it, yeah no it really took off when i i i, I put an ad on craigslist for a filmer and to pay him whatever, like twenty bucks an hour or whatever, and um, that's when <laughs> what it, a fucking tight job. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We met at McDonald's. He's like, "Yeah, we can do that," and I was like, "All right." And so we did that, and that's when it took off. When I actually invested like money into a, a goddamn filmer because your friends, you know, like they don't, they're missing. It's just shit. not the same. Yeah, right. it's really not the same. And like when you're with a filmer, you're like, "Oh fuck!" Like every minute counts, and mm-hmm. it's like. I'm paying for this and it's all business. And right. It's like, we got to do something here. Right. You're tr- there's a specific goal to meet right. for both of us on that. Right. When you're with your friends, it's so easy to just like goof off. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Is it, um, like when you were, when you set out, what, how old were you when you started? How uh, old were you about just- 22 when it took off. So were you, in, you went to college? Yeah. I went about to three around. years. So in school, you're going to school for what? I changed it like eight times, like journalism, business, English, whatever. Did you ever graduate? No. Because of YouTube? Three years. Uh, I, I stopped after three years and worked for a year, and then YouTube took off. What did you do for a job? Uh, I was a telemarketer and a server, both at the same time for like about six months. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was awful. Serving where? Uh, it was a place called Iggy's. Iggy's. In, or- in Orem. Yeah. They just had like... There's just like a sports bar. Right, right, right. Yeah. So you're doing that shit and then you kind of start falling into this. It starts booming mm-hmm. right out the gate, which is yeah. hard. I feel like, well, who are some of your influences when you started your channel? Jackass mostly. Um, but was there other YouTubers? Like Jackass is for, I mean, it was MTV, yeah, right? So it's because right. uh, YouTube, I feel like at that time wasn't really what it is now. I guess people are like yeah. focusing on building content for it. 
at that time in 2012 there really wasn't many um pranksters i mean there was there was jack vale and there was ed bassmaster um happy trigger tv that's really mm. i don't know punked right there's really nothing there wasn't too much but then yeah in a couple of years it definitely got saturated right did yeah. you when your channel started kind of making momentum i guess or whatever people are seeing views and sharing and all that stuff mm-hmm. did anyone ever reach out to you because it's like your happy trigger tv wasn't that on what network was that on was it on a network before it was on youtube yeah see i don't even know i, just, I remember seeing watching that shit in, yeah uh, on TV, it was like on some fucking trash channel or something. I don't yeah, know yeah, like Spike. Yeah, yeah, Spike TV. It was like that. But something. did you ever get approached by anyone to b- develop a show or anything like that? Um, <clears throat> no, not really. I think I might have gotten some people that were like, "Yeah, I kind of know some person that is a part of that network or something, right. and they want to do some shit." But nothing ever turned out. Yeah. So, t- so when the channel starts, you had quit your jobs. Mm, or were you still yeah well yeah by that point i did quit because i was also selling italian ice at events i had a little italian ice push cart business that you started yeah i guess yeah (laughs) i mean like what how how it's also like a kind of a franchise like they were called little jimmy's italian ice and you can still see them well i don't even know if they're still in entrepreneur magazine but that's where i found them back then and i bought i bought into one and it was good it was doing great you know whatever so where would you go um you know the fair the uh any little festival in utah like you just attack events and then during the week would you be doing like be like in front of a campus or right yeah so that was kind of like may april 2012 doing all that shit but then Luckily, one of the one of the videos blew up, and I was like, "Wow, this makes a lot more money." It did from the ad AdSense and shit. Yes, yeah. Because at the time back then, AdSense was like it paid out much better than it does today. No, um, I mean yes and no because I mean now it's like uh, YouTube favors longer videos, right? And so now that I got these <laughs> interviews, it's like I'm making more than the pranks ever did. But wow, that's crazy. Yeah. What if? If a prank video did high in views, even if it was shorter, does it still, do you see like a competition there as far as like what pays out more? Yeah, it's really hard to tell. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of different factors, right. keywords, mm. the season, right? Um, the watch time, yeah. And there's like YouTube partners, which I feel like is, isn't that set up to, I mean, I only know about that shit because Logan Paul fucked his whole thing up or whatever and lost his partnership and now he doesn't make money. But then mm. I, when I started looking into it, I it, it's like they favor specific channels. Uh, and I don't know if that just gives you more of a payout, I guess, on the on the, on the view. Have you heard yeah, anything about Yeah, I mean, that? all I know is the cleaner you are, the better. Right. Um, for the algorithm. Um, the longer, the better. I guess, yeah, I've heard that the putting the category helps mm. like entertainment it's very saturated so if you put if you simply put your category in like education yeah right that's interesting that helps so i did that like a month ago and i don't know if i i haven't noticed a difference too much but right yeah so is your distribution right now with the, with the interviews is it just posting and it just does what it does or do you have do you ever try to like lean on any other outlets to distribute your well yeah a lot of my friends have been doing facebook lately so i've been trying to post to that as well a shorter version of it like a more condensed version of the chattings as well as a lot of the old pranks because yeah a lot like i don't know facebook's been also just competing 
Yeah, Mono, I mean, in with videos with YouTube, and so they they're monetizing now, right? To try to influence you to come and post and yeah. share, and so I'm, <laughs> I'm like still in the process of like getting qualified to post on Facebook. Oh, to get to be able to get monetized, right? It's like something like, it's something like thirty thousand one minute views in the last sixty days or something like that. God damn. Yeah, I don't know. But that's just on a page, right? Like a Facebook page. Right. Like a fan page? Yeah. Hmm. We So this Black Window Cream is like a creative community and it's in a Facebook group, which we've been using a lot lately because mm-hmm. I feel like Facebook is like, it has like specific strengths, a lot of weaknesses because I feel like no one's casually just getting on Facebook to like check yeah. in on their Yo, friends. Yo, I never get on Facebook. That's what I'm saying. But you get on Facebook My to try to does. share videos. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like there's a huge market of people that do yeah. share f- videos. It's one of those things that's, it's way easier to share. Yeah. Than YouTube. Right. Like YouTube fucked that up for some reason. Yeah, I don't they're know. They're not user like they're not um a social network by any means. No. But Instagram is. Right. And Facebook is and so it's much easier to share on those platforms. And it, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's just people are going there looking for shit like it's like their news source t- technically cuz they're we're like trained to get on there. We've been right. trained to get on there for so long. But yeah. YouTube now has a news feed technically. Okay. And I feel like that's their version of trying to say, hey, post and, sh- you know, update your fans on some shit or whatever. And then mm-hmm. hopefully we can learn. But I, yeah, like you said, we go to Facebook and it's, I just think videos have a better chance right now to get viewership. And some, and when you do see them go viral, they get like ridiculous views. Like, yeah. Well, especially on Facebook. Yeah. That's like specifically like, on Facebook. They like get on dumb real views. views. Yeah. Like, well, that's the thing. I think I, I saw somewhere that like, I don't know, the qualification for a view on Facebook is something like half what a normal view is oh, on, really? on YouTube. Yeah. Right. They're making it easier to like right. obtain viewership. Well, yeah, because like you're scrolling. Right. So. Yeah, if you don't see it, and a lot of people have to use like um, captions and shit because yeah. no one's turning on the sound. Super so, interesting. Yeah. So when you were doing the channel, it's like um, it starts picking up speed. When did you move to LA? 2015. So that was about three years after. Yeah. So you were just strictly running the channel back home. Were you using that same video person from Craigslist? No. You were shifting I, around? I mean, yeah, by that point, like I, you know, he knew I was moving to LA. And so like we kind of, we faded out. And then, yeah, then I moved to LA. And then I had a friend from college kind of help me for the next year or so film. And then luckily I, I figured out the interviews. Right. Was so. with the prank shit, how did you make your playground be universities oh yeah okay so well yeah universities uh for some reason the mics were always crystal clear there Mm -hmm. you know less radiation or whatever (laughs) and well my mom so my mom's listening she listens to every interview and so i always have to kind of go into a few things if it doesn't make sense to her Mm -hmm. what he's talking about is he's using a wireless microphone (laughs) that sits on a pack and so when you get far away from a camera you create static and you can lose connection on that shit which i'm sure you deal with like if you're downtown la it's going to be a fucking yeah a disaster versus yeah so like at venice beach that would be kind of a nightmare sometimes is it yeah like yeah i don't know just too many cell phones or something right right, right. um another thing with uh college is like you never have to worry about people being underage um a lot of cute girls i guess whatever right. everyone's an, an adult and they're young so they um they uh they're more uh susceptible susceptible to pranks and they're they're more um <laughs> that's perfect prey they're more uh they're 
what am I trying to say? What I find interesting is like they, it's funny because when you walk up to someone, like we were just watching the video where you walk up and just grab someone's hand. You just yeah. like hold hands. That was, yeah, well, that was one of the first that went viral. Was it? Yeah. Shit. But to me, it's like, that's something that is so uncomfortable. Like people are going to be like, oh shit, I want to see what, if he really did it. And then you do it. And then the people that are reacting feel like they may know you because maybe you were in a class at some point and maybe, maybe you didn't just grab their hand and they don't, there's not enough time to calculate it. Yeah. So the reaction is really fucking funny. Yeah. But I feel like if you were to go try to do that shit in uh, the, a bar or something like, you know, right. People, That'd be super weird. Right. Yeah. So the environment was definitely a big factor. Yeah. Colleges, uh, it's almost like there's like their own little bubble where you could get away with a lot. Right. And, but nowadays it's cringy to look at some of the stuff I used to do. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Like we, we did one, like I enlisted, it was called like picking people up or something, picking girls up. Or you just something literally like pick them up. Yeah. Yeah. And it was super cringy. Like, but, but now like it, it was in a college. So like it didn't, and the girls weren't even freaked out and everyone at the time, even like the <laughs> like ratio was fine. Everyone was just like, this is so cute, whatever. Yeah. But nowadays it's like, oh my God, like unless that don't let anyone ever see is it is it is that something to worry about now when you go into i mean have you made a when was the last time you made it because i know you like announced like i'm done making pranks but then you made a prank again after or something didn't you yeah i'll dabble you know right depending on the guest or whatever right but is it something now it's like the way the culture shifted the way people are getting burned left and right for like being too aggressive joke i just have you seen joker yet yeah it, there's so many people that are saying this is like a fucked up movie to put out in right. today's society. But I don't know. Has that ever happened with you with, with certain jokes that you feel like, is it cringy because it seems like, Oh, it's now a guy just walked up to a girl and picked her up and that's like aggressive and that's rapey and that's weird. And people might say that even though it's a fucking joke, like you see it now and you watch it and you, we all know it's a joke, but someone can take that out of context and use that against you. Do you ever feel like that's a thing? Yeah, of course. I've definitely unlisted a lot of my old videos just because it's, I don't agree with them anymore and I was being stupid, you know? So you you personally feel that way? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. There's one that was like, God, <laughs> there's one where I like came up behind people and like closed their eyes. I was like putting my bare hands on their face. So cringy. <laughs> but the one where you like would take selfies but kiss people and shit? Like, oh yeah, that one's cringy too. I think it's funny though. Like that's the shit I that think, you see people doing. I, like, I don't know if I enlisted that one because now we just watched it today. Yeah, yeah. So like that one, I feel like uh, it was fine because like I gave them like a full like second or two seconds to, to be, like, make a move out of yeah there. to be like no yeah I don't know right. but still it's it's still cringy like I wouldn't ever do anything like that today. <laughs> I should probably unlist that one to get home. <laughs> I, but I, it's that's really interesting to think of because it's it, I've just been rewatching Entourage like a, I, I do it probably every year, and uh, yeah, I love Entourage. It's great, but if you watch it now, they say a lot of words and shit that I don't obviously wouldn't fly right now. Yeah. So you see those people make apologies later on. Like mm. I was just reading some interviews and they're like, yeah, like I'm. I definitely wouldn't, uh, I don't know who said it when the interview, but they're like, I mean, I definitely don't like condone any of the shit we were saying back then, but back then hmm. it, it didn't make sense to not say it, you know, but right. it, it's interesting how time will shift just because your channels had such a longevity. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. you've had the channel since forever. Right. Yeah. And yeah. 12 or whatever. That's yeah. a long time. That does make sense. Yeah. Like it, you definitely like, uh, I guess you, you change 
with the current and you change with the environment and right you're like oh shit you're right like this was and it's all progressive i guess yeah what would be like some of the biggest challenges when trying to you, you know like a, a normal day how long would you normally spend going out to do it and would there be days where just jokes aren't clicking yeah i mean yeah there was a few days like that and that was always frustrating but no it was um maybe like one I, the most i ever spent on any prank video was maybe three hours so that's so sick yeah <laughs> So, but this was, and that for, this has been your main thing. You started, I know you gave me a new watch. Thank you very much. Dirt. Of course. This is his branded watch that Dirt. I'm wearing. <laughs> Dirtandwatch.com. Dirtandwatch.com. So you, I know you're starting something like this is, and, and you're doing the chatting series. What are other things that you've been doing lately that you're focusing on? Cause it's like YouTube has been your career mm-hmm. for so long. Yeah. What interested in know like currently what you're doing, but also my follow up question to that is, does it become something that's like uh, when shit starts like getting a lot of views, mm-hmm. does it build up like your want to like make more and make more and make more or be progressively earning more views or trying to target and grow your business as a, as a creator, you know, with your channel? Mm-hmm. Does this make sense? <laughs> what am I saying? What I'm kind saying? of. Well, yeah, it's definitely motivating when you, you know, you start to get views, but I guess at the same time, there's also this thing in the back of your head that's like, really scared of success you know hmm. have you dealt with that yeah um yeah i mean you're definitely way more in the forefront people have seen your <laughs> face like 300 million times yeah well it's like yeah you definitely you know when you get recognized a bit and people bug you in front yeah, of the cafe like, i'm like so yeah sure like i'm so far from being you know a real celebrity so being at that status would actually really scare me because i've, I've gotten a little taste of it but um so yeah, that definitely holds me back where I'm like, okay, I got to calm down here. Hmm. And it, it, yeah, it's like a, I guess a paradox or whatever, where you're like, yeah, you're motivated and you want to, I don't know, do you want to share to the world, your talent or whatever, our art. <laughs> right. And, uh, but at the same time, you're, yeah, the fame is really scary. But it comes <laughs> with like, like if it's your business, so that's like one fear, but mm-hmm. you also have to make a living. So you know, oh shit, I need to make a certain amount of videos to be able to afford my life or whatever it is. Like you want to be after progressively making money. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the thing I don't think a lot of people understand. It's like when you're a creator and you're constantly making stuff for YouTube, right? Like if that's your main gig is YouTube, mm-hmm. you're not hired by anybody. You don't have a 401k. You're, you're, you're in the same boat as any other freelance videographer, te- photographer, whatever it is but that's your way that you're commissioned to create an earning. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you have to continue to grow that. So I guess when your channel started taking off, what was your strategy of like, Oh, this is sick. I'm going to keep doing this. Like if I keep doing this, this can be my job. Like, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess if I totally cared about money, I would, I would keep doing, I would do like tipping servers, 20, whatever, 200 bucks. Yeah. Every, every fucking week. (laughs) As well as kit, uh, acting out the notebook with girls, right? You know, ten times a week or something. But yeah, you 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 try to find that balance where you're not, um, you know, you don't want to kill yourself, right, and, right? You know, you you don't want to keep doing stuff that you don't want to do. And yeah, there's just yeah, it's just the cliche balance with money and art. Hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, the videos like when you're giving because you've done a, you do a lot of giving like in your videos, you know, it's like so yeah, a few of them, yeah. 
we got the groceries and we got the tipping servers and then i think i did like a gas station one but yeah like those are totally like businessy videos yeah like they're not you know they're just they're manufactured like oprah type videos you know but you make them with that intention like if we make it like this it'll probably do really well yes so that's strategically the move definitely right of course hmm it's tight because it's it, you're still doing a good thing and you get the benefits of growing a channel or getting new subscribers or monetizing the video or whatever it may be. Yeah, um, definitely. Well, yeah, and a lot of people are just like, oh, like this isn't real charity, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, I'm not claiming it's real charity. It's like we're making a video. They're getting 200 bucks. You're getting a show, a reaction or whatever. It's a win, win, win. And yeah you don't you don't have to worry about it yeah well and this was i mean when you did the grocery one how old was that video uh 2013 now it's do you so do you watch a lot of youtube content are you constantly paying attention to people that are youtubers Mm, somewhat but not not, really yeah not really so i was i mean i I just am so interested by it so i'm always studying people and i've noticed that Mm. that's like the ticket to having a a massive channel is like these ridiculous giveaways there's this kid named mr beast yeah who literally does i've heard of mr beast he's only all his videos are just giving away hundreds he's, of thousands he's, of he's been stacking on stacking on every video yeah it's insane it's great it's i guess yeah it's it's funny yeah one of my best friends was in his uh like keep in the circle challenge thing oh really yeah what, what danny duncan with the did he get something they were at the phase at hundred thousand thing whoever leaves first gets a hundred thousand <laughs> i don't know i think at the end they all split it or something it was like three people or something but yeah, no, Mr. Beast is in, inspiration. Like he's definitely uh, up and coming. Right. Like he might surpass PewDiePie or something. Yeah, which is yeah. so funny. Just because if you listen to a story, it's like that's his biggest idol or whatever. Yeah, and I I actually started. Um, he used to, you know, he would do like count to a hundred thousand in one video or right. <laughs> say Logan Paul hundred thousand times. Or, yeah. So I started I started a video reading Crime and Punishment. Have you heard of that book? Uh, is there a movie it's an old russian novel okay no in the 1800s <laughs> i'm gonna i got you know i got the copyright free version and i started reading it i'm like 20 percent in it's like four hours in it's gonna be like a 20 hour video. <laughs> you're gonna record you reading the entire already, book yeah i've already started it holy but it, shit it, it's a nod to mr beast and right I'm, and i'm wearing his t-shirt and shit <laughs> You're wearing so, a Mr. Beast t-shirt? Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, in the first uh, three hours, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> but I have to keep adding to it and get that video done. God, uh, what's, is, there a, is there a limit on what you can upload on YouTube? I believe Length? I believe the longest is 24 hours. You think you can read it in less than 24 hours? Yeah. Solid. Well, Audible is like 20 hours or something. Those people so, are pros. And, and I've been reading real fast. Really? Yeah, like just the way he does too. Like it's just like one, two, three, four, you know. Do you do you fuck up and have to go back? Mm. Do you reread lines? Are you like editing this? Or is it maybe, just like I'm maybe just gonna... a few of them, but yeah, most of it I'm just like I know most <laughs> people are not even gonna like fast forward to this part. Right, right, right. But I'm excited to upload the like the twenty hour video and just see the comments. That's so fucking funny. Yeah. When is your due date for that? It's definitely inspired by Mr. Beast. Uh hell, no due date. I just need to keep adding to yeah, it. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> just little by little. Yeah. So fu- it takes me so long to I'm read. doing it with my phone because I started to do it with my vlog camera. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is way too much space. Yeah, it's mad data. Yeah, <laughs> the data, man. <laughs> 2019 yeah, and, and data I even Googled, I, I even Googled, like, what, what is Mr. Beast using? <laughs> 
He's just using a webcam. I think he originally did all of them on Twitch, right? Uh, yeah, I think he did start on Twitch. So, so he's just doing webcam straight into his computer hard drive or some something. Something, yeah, I don't know. Motherfucking little genius. But when you watch people like him, David Dobrik, it's like their channels. You hope like David Dobrik does it all the time, where out of nowhere he'll just give someone a car. Do you ever follow his channels? This guy's like his channel's massive right now for. Yeah, he, yeah, he's popping off. I I've only seen like a few of his stuff in like one or two videos in the last year. But the sh- what I guess I'm getting at is like it it's easy to find a channel by people giving right because yeah. there's something about you know it's like CNN only posts those articles. It's like a soldier comes home and the dog recognizes him after four years and the dog like runs over and cries and we all love it. You know, it's like you like seeing these forms of giving or, of course, or yeah, whatever. It's, it's almost yeah, it's like a it's like foolproof. Yeah, it's like. You give away, then you're fine. Yeah, the like ratio is gonna be great. Right. Yeah, no one's gonna dislike. Probably go viral. Yeah. It's so interesting. When you when you come to creating like your thumbnails early on, were you were you focused on that shit? Was it more so? Because yours is always just literally like what it is. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Like uh, disagreeing with people. Right. Yeah. Did you feel like put? Did you start to notice that people started recognizing your face? So like keeping you in the. in the thumbnail did that like boost your channel at all was there any like tactics that you would take you seem very like i just kind of do it and it works yeah i mean no there's definitely like a balance you don't want to be tacky and you know make it all neon shit and well you're right (laughs) yeah uh so yeah i definitely am aware of all that and but yeah no i try to say it like it is and i try to i try to um what am I trying to say? I'm trying to, you try to over, you try to over, um, <laughs> you try to do better than the title. Right. <laughs> With the thumbnail? To, yeah, right. And the thumbnail, right. So you try to um, exceed their expectations. Right, 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 right. Right. Hmm. So I always want to exceed people's ex- expectations. Right. Yeah. I feel, is it uh was there ever times where you post, you know, you put a lot of work into it? I mean, three hours is, is pretty sick that you can knock out a video in that amount of time. But were, other, were there ever videos that you'd make that you were like, this one's going to fucking boom, and then it just didn't hit? Yeah, definitely. Does that happen often? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, back in like 2013, I spent like five grand on this music video we were trying to do. <laughs> and it just came out like shit. Like it just was not, it just did not hit the mark. Yeah. Right. <laughs> did you drop I think, it? Uh, I think it's unlisted now, but yeah, like it. I think you can still find it. It's we're so fly, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, we, we flew all the way to Miami, and we had this guy. We hired this guy, and we we <laughs> we paid like a thousand bucks for this venue to film there, and God all this. Damn. We just spent all this money on extras, even like dancing extras, whatever. <laughs> it's so stupid, and then. Yeah, then it just kind of bombed. Like it was like I don't know, forty percent dislikes, and like I think plateaued at like three hundred thousand views, which was like very little for that time. Like at the time, I was kind of getting a million views a video. God damn! So it was just like a big letdown. But right? Yeah, we spent so much work on this video, and your normal videos are exceeding a million views, and you're spending yeah. three hours just like right. Didn't have to fly on a plane. Didn't have to pay anybody really much more than your camera operator no thought yeah simple prank gets a million views more than this video it's like the fucking worst part about it it's like the shit that you try to get passionate about just kind of tanks but i think you see like cody and 
Noel, their channel, like they they run some of those music videos and mm-hmm. some of them hit and are really funny. And now they're fucking finding ways to segue that into Spotify plays and shit. And like, mm-hmm. they'll probably get a plaque at some point making music videos, which is crazy. Yeah. To think that that's possible, I guess from a from a, I just feel like it's changed so much over the course of when you started from like attacking YouTube to where it is right now. Mm-hmm. The way that people can develop a career in this in social media, you know what I mean? Like yeah using it as a platform to develop careers and also like earn a living and grow an audience. And right. Some people do it in a, I don't know. It's just kind of interesting. we were just watching like a documentary that once I can't remember what, a, what award it won at South by Southwest, but it was all about, the, it's all about these influencers. Mm-hmm. It's really funny to watch, but it's about this kid that has like a dream of being this streamer slash like hot boy on TikTok or some shit. It's on Netflix. Uh, I think I watched it on Hulu. Um, All right. I'll have to look it up. I I can't remember what it was, but it's about this kid from like Kentucky whose big dream is to like do this shit. And it's actually wild because the whole, I don't want to ruin it for you, but the whole point of it is like this kid's dream is to be a famous Instagrammer or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't work out for him. All right. But you ride along that journey with him and it's pretty wild to like watch what people do for content. Yeah. Do you feel like you ever had to go out of your way to try to do anything that was like, I mean, you were, you had to take Adderall to create content at a certain point, but that's pretty much everyone does that to take a test, you know what I mean, commonly? Well, no, I don't know. I, Yeah, I guess, yeah, in 2017, I was doing the interviews for like six months, and then I kind of freaked out and went back to pranks again. Yeah. I uploaded a video called Return of the King, and that <laughs> helped pay the bills for the next few months. I started doing pranks again for like three or four months but then i went back to the interviews luckily um because they started to work for you as far as like monetization and shit like yeah i guess or i don't know i kind of started i i started to figure them out where it's like oh i can title these differently and right like oh like this is with a flat earther you know yeah and not just another youtuber or whatever and i i used to think like yeah i need to since I'm, uh, I have that in with all these other YouTubers, whatever. But it's, it's funny. Yeah, all as soon as I went to uh, people that just have like a certain topic or whatever, then then it started to blow up. Well, like it was more interesting than YouTubers. Yeah, yeah. because no, you, I mean, every interview you're gonna find the people that are getting interviewed have accomplished something mm-hmm. that's worthy of like like you know you have a following people want to know your story it works for us because it's a creative our things about creators so we can interview you if you're an artist and you put out an album you go out and do interviews you talk about like what the process was to make that album right but you interviewing someone that that does something that exists but doesn't necessarily come with fame attached to it so left field yeah you know i mean it's it becomes interesting yeah i mean you get you get a lot of views on on these interviews and they're with people that no one knows you know right yeah so yeah, it kind of turned into a more of a, I don't know, like a vicey documentary type thing. Yeah. So. So when you so when you started doing the interviews and you got scared or whatever you were saying, um, was it just because you're like, fuck, these aren't making me any money. I need to keep my channel. I'm losing. Were you losing subscribers? Were you seeing like a, a fall in your channel at all, or was it just the fact that the views weren't very big on interviews and you wanted to make like you needed to see more views on your channel? Well, yeah, I guess it was all that. I didn't even really pay attention to the subscribers, like, whatever. Like, that's that's not even that important because, you know, 
you lose so many and you gain so many whatever but right but like the retention is all that matter and so yeah at that point i i needed the money so i started to do pranks again right uh but then yeah like like four months later then we finally did that and we did uh you know topics instead of the other youtubers right and so then it started to work out how do you go about finding these different people a lot of them have emailed me really yeah well, like, uh, now seeing the series right that's so cool. like yeah like 80 percent of them have volunteered holy shit yeah that's crazy so that's really nice um but then other ones i'll you know i'll find them on yelp or instagram and i'll just be like hey this is my button this is my show if you want to come on so yelp yeah yelp yeah wow how like reviewing a fucking restaurant or something well one of them was like uh, a marriage counselor okay found him there um another one's like a dialect coach that's actually coming up in the next few weeks i found him on yelp uh a lawyer <laughs> i don't know yeah i'll find a bunch of people on there uh, a psychic that's mm. coming up i found them on yelp um yeah, that's all I can think about right now, yeah. What's your, when you're interviewing these people, what's your main goal to get out of the interview? Like, what what makes you happy? Just being able to have a conversation with them, or do you want to try to, are you trying to provide your audience with something specific? Well, no, yeah, I guess I just, <laughs> I guess whatever's interesting, whatever pops in my head, I guess, that I think would be intriguing. So, and I, you know, I do post on Twitter usually, like, hey, I'm chatting with a psychic soon. What would you like me to ask them? Right. And so then I'll ask those questions. Um, but yeah, I'll usually film for like an hour and then then I'll edit it down usually to 20, 30 minutes. And you do everything. Like, you were t- I think maybe you were telling me this before we started filming, but you're like, I have the same cameras and I when I shoot my interviews, I have to get up and literally reset because if you don't, yeah. the, the DSLRs only run for like 30 minutes and they shut off. So you have to go man the cameras yourself and you're editing yeah coming up with questions <laughs> with your twitter audience and you so you do everything by yourself i do it's crazy for now i mean yeah for now i guess uh, i i'll probably get an assistant soon where they can do all that whatever but it's like at the same time it just feels like wasting money because i can simply just get up and go stop and record again you know right so how often do you inter- re- uh, release interviews <clears throat> I, I guess i've been trying to do one a week but I really should be doing them like three times a week. Yeah. Right. So. Well, yeah, that's the benefit of, I mean, that's how I was with this podcast was like doing it and then trying to edit three cameras and yeah. it's a pain in the ass. Mine were two and a half hours long sometimes. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That shit's. Yeah. But then I start getting help and it makes things easier. I can focus on right more interviews and yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, I've definitely experimented <laughs> with like hiring people to edit them but they they can never do it the exact way i want it and then right. it, and then i just end up like fixing everything and spending twice the time on it yeah so so how long will you record how long will your interviews usually last and then how you, you they all seem to be like 20 minutes right yeah no it's usually about an hour and then and then i cut it down about into 20 30 minutes right and, so. and you're just like cutting out the fat or the shit that just doesn't yeah make just sense. yeah there's well no yeah just anything that's boring whatever right rambling Hmm. all the ums and me like <clears throat> right right of, that i say yeah. yeah so you try to eliminate all that yeah we always we i just didn't give a fuck and i just was like just let, let the shit ride and just be raw because most yeah, yeah. people i feel like they come in they hear something and then they just move on from it but i think also condensing it into like something that's jam-packed with the best 
version of it is very good and mm-hmm. what's what's been your biggest viewed video from uh out of all the conversations that you've had the porn star one let me think uh well a lot of them they find that pocket in youtube and they just keep climbing you know mm-hmm. like i don't know this, the first stock trader kept climbing i think that's at like two point something million god damn um I think Flat Earth is over 2 million. I don't know. The ketamine one was super interesting. Yeah, ketamine blew up. That was like off very like we got really lucky with that because like the day before ketamine just got like legal or something. Really? Yeah, and I had no idea. It, so. it, yeah, is, it, is there ever like pressing situations that you're finding from people that they are nervous to even show their face? Because it's interesting that some people will talk about certain things like this that yeah. they're just cool with sharing that info. um i did have one girl that was like a, a cam girl and i blurred her face but i think after a year because it was demonetized anyway she was just like i don't know she was like can you take it down i was like sure yeah because i'm not making money from it anyway right, right, so right. but other than that no like uh everyone's been fine yeah hmm. i don't know super interesting yeah. when you when you uh when you go out and strategize uh, do you think like do you think you'll start making will you do prank shit again or was are you just strictly well, focusing on this well i've actually you know like prank ideas they they're always popping in my head you know hanging out with friends and shit so mm-hmm. i uh, i actually did just start a little instagram called dad proper and i just i as a base i put like a lot of my oldies on there and then I think I got like two new ones there. Yeah, on there. dad proper. Yeah, dad proper. What's the much easier to like spell and remember than loft? You right. Know? Well, so. yeah. The, so loft is behind. It's because of uh, um, it's an acronym. Yeah, from um, Fight Club. Fight Club. Yeah, and you just stuck with it. Yeah, I don't know. I made the channel in like 2009. <laughs> Super huge Fight Club fan. I guess. Yeah, and so like. But it's like it's really a terrible name because no one can remember it. I, no one can spell it. Yeah, so. I, I felt like that was one of the hardest things to do. Is I would see your video and then couldn't remember your name off top, and I knew there was a channel name, and I knew it was a series of letters, and it was so hard to find. Yeah, it's very bad marketing. <laughs> but so now I started this Instagram called Dad Proper, which is very easy to remember and spell. And I'm probably just going to, yeah, if I have any itch to do pranks, it's going to be there. It'll live there. That's like the goal of that. Right. For now, the chattings will be on loft and then any pranks will be on there. Yeah. Do you think you are going to be enticed to do pranks for money? Like, because if you do it on Instagram, you're not really able to monetize that. So you would just do, just be doing that just to do it. And then you, you know what I mean? You wouldn't ever really have a desire to put it on YouTube for the sole fact of like it can create revenue yeah i'm it's gonna i guess that's gonna be the edge is like oh yeah if they want to see pranks it's gonna be on this instagram it's almost page. like exclusive to find right it. that's interesting so that's the strategy anyway do you fuck with now. sponsors yeah of course well on youtube anyway yeah Yeah. so is so. there do you ever have sponsors for the chatting with series yeah yeah definitely oh, cool. um let me think i think alexa had one uh alexa the thing chatting with alexa oh yeah, I think I had one for an app there, and I've had a few others. Let's see. The Moon Landing Conspiracy Theorist was uh, Dr. Squatch, their soap and stuff. Uh, Is it? How do you go about I, You have one where it's like chatting with my manager. So you've had management for a while? 
Yeah, I, I I've kind of known Jordan since the beginning, though. Yeah. How did how did he just reach out to you, or he he was working with Full Screen, and I signed with Full Screen back in like 2015 or something, and uh, yeah, I've just kind of known him since. What was for people who don't understand what Full Screen was? <laughs> like, full, scr- full Screen's an MCN. They uh they take your they kind of just they're an they sell you like it's like a management um, group. Yeah, they're a um agency that just helps you get commercials and stuff they got me like shock top they got me uh tied they got me a bunch of commercials yeah so when you say you got you commercials you're saying that you ran shock top ads on your videos or you were in their commercials you'd be in there um i would be in their commercials right. and it would be on their channel on youtube interesting yeah it was nice how was that yeah like the power of collaboration um i think there was one video i remember watching of you maybe you would like walk up to people and you would pull out your phone and you'd have like your the keypad out did you ever do a video like that or something with phones where you would like take people's numbers did you ever do anything like that there's one i don't there's one i did with vitaly where we handed girls our phone and we're like put your number in our phone but did you do it without even saying anything wouldn't you just like Um, hold it out or did you ask just like give me your phone number and they did it uh i don't know i've done a bunch of i know yeah. yeah i remember being i remember watching that shit and it was on someone else's channel. So it's like, that's how I learned about you was through huh. that. Was that ever key to you was getting on, a, you know, as prank channels started to develop like Vitaly and people like that, was it important for you guys as like a circle to kind of like bounce off each other, you know, cause sometimes it'd be your video, but there'd be another dude in there that I don't know who that is. And they'd mm-hmm. walk up to people in a, in a cafeteria or whatever and do a prank. Yeah. So you kind of learn about definitely people through each other. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you know, collaborations are huge. Yeah. You know, you're, you know, it's the best thing you can ever do is just cross promote and then their whole audience sees you and your whole audience sees them. Right. And it's so, such a seamless uh, thing. Was there ever people that like, was there any collaborations that you remember hoping for and you got it and it was, it was like a big deal for you? <laughs> no, actually I was very, I was very bad at that. People are always, people are always reaching out to me, you know, like I never really reached out to anyone. <laughs> I I kind of sound like an asshole saying that, but nah. I don't know. I'm just like, I don't know. I keep to myself, but right. like, but I was also like, oh, this is a great opportunity and they would reach out to me or whatever. So it's a, it, I feel like it's kind of funny because people will look at you like a billboard, right? Like your channel can act like a billboard and typical sponsors could do it. But I think that there's ways that you could distribute something else through pranks or whatever at the time or you know what I mean by having like maybe it's like a new song for someone you have the ability to push something like that I don't know if you'd ever be willing to take it there but it is like an interesting way to use your platform I don't know it's just interesting I know you said like you didn't really give a shit about money Mm -hmm. but I feel like thinking of it now everything becomes so tactile with the way brands look at at, uh, creatives with a platform as like a way to distribute something through it right um did you ever run into places where brands would want to promote something with you and it just, they pushed too hard or like fucked up your creativity and like what you were trying to do? Did that ever happen? Yeah, definitely. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, no brands. Yeah. Brand deals can be very exhausting because you're dealing with all these corporate people that like are just not in the same headspace at all, you know, compared to, I don't know, just like, you know, what you're thinking. I remember there's this one time, this brand deal, it had to be some some kind of feel-good thing, you know, some kind of a 
giving away something, but I already done like a bunch of that. And so then like at the very last second at the deadline, I, I, I did something like uh, telling people they're beautiful or something cheesy like right. that. And I remember like talking to the guy on the phone. He's just like, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, what is that? Like, why is that great or whatever? And I was just like, just trust me. And so then we, we did it. And then I sent the final copy to them. And they're like, yeah, this works great. And then we did it and it was all good. But <laughs> but he's just, no one can see your vision as far as like, yeah. trust me, the response will be great or my audience will be the Right, show. yeah. And then every, yeah, we uploaded it. Everyone's just like, this is awesome, you know, and they loved it, whatever. But hmm. yeah, it's definitely hard to communicate your vision. Right. So no, that's for sure. When you so you came up with this watch, right? You've been promoting it for what a year or, or yeah, you came year, out with it a year ago, year or two, yeah. Thank you for gifting us, of course. Some this is appreciated. Yeah, it's a clean ass watch. It's like very minimal and very simple. What's the logo, Rose? Durden. Um, yeah, it's a rose. My friend made that. Yeah, nice. So, <laughs> what made you want to start a watch company? Well, I kind of fell into it, but um. I guess for money, I guess, just to have some merch to sell. And uh, I kind of figured out the whole um, brand slogan thing as I went along. And now it kind of works. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's just a watch, whatever, and it's anti-consumer. And it's like ironic and paradoxical, whatever. How so? You know, like, because Fight Club's all like, you're not your fucking khakis you know mm. and yeah you're not your watch right <laughs> so it's anti-materialism and that's the whole uh slogans like it's just a watch like you're not it's anti uh, gucci and anti-brand and right. anti-materialism interesting so, yeah <laughs> so when you you started like you have merch what kind of pieces of merch would you sell outside of the watch do you have just, shirts and shit yeah just shirts and ever you know whatnot like i've gone through different shirt companies and whatnot now i'm just with teespring teespring was it like a drop shipping option or something? Uh, pretty much yeah like they'll i mean yeah they're just teesprings they made a partnership with youtube and now like those that's what you see on uh, the bottom the bottom of everyone's youtube videos now yeah. yeah so damn i didn't know that yeah it makes that shit super easy for someone to just like click and buy like right on the spot yeah and they it's very user friendly you can just design whatever shirts you need at that moment and then post it yeah really it's really nice yeah. damn i love teespring so you're not constantly trying like what the material you is you don't have or, to talk to anyone and be like oh does this work or whatever you can just make the design and post it damn it's real good. That's fucking crazy. I should probably like work for them or something. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, catch the deal. Yeah. Fuck. That's crazy. So what do you do? What are things that you're doing? I know you're talking about making, you made like an ad or whatever for your watch. What are things that you're doing to promote that? Uh, I, yeah, I made an ad last year, but I want to make another ad. Uh, I have a better vision for it. Um, that'll just be a surprise. And then that's about it though. Yeah, just... Uh, we do have another, I guess, design of the watches coming soon. So and you'll have two, technically? Yeah, yeah. Well, we got or, the white and the black of this. Right. And, then, and then we got a new one coming, yeah. Sick. So. How'd you fall into it? Someone brought it up to you? Yeah, no, I'll start it, I started out with, like, two other friends. And um, we were all like, yeah, let's do it, whatever. And they, you know, we had, you know, one friend design it. Another friend was, like, dealing with the shipping and alibaba and stuff like right, that right, right. and then and then like you know a few months later i was like this isn't working i'll just buy it from both of you guys and do it myself right know? so 
Interesting. Yeah. So would it, I mean, is it ever worth it to be like, I'm, I'm going to do something that's going to be viral? Like at the beginning of, if you put that watch at the beginning of the chat, the ketamine video. Yeah. And you just quickly like plug it real quick. Do mm-hmm. you see a massive spike in sales? Yeah, sure. That? Of course. So it's always the best move. So do you try to do that before each video? Because I feel like every video I've ever seen from you doesn't feel addy at all. Yeah, of course. No, I, I try to, um, well, I don't want it to be like, I want it to be its own company too. Right. You know, I don't want it to be totally connected to Loft. Right. So, yeah, I try to limit that. Right. That makes sense. Um, I don't know. It's just such an interesting, you're such an interesting person because it's like you've had so much success with this channel Thanks. and you're so <laughs> casual about it. You know what I mean? Like, do you feel like when you, you know, you said like it's, it's all a facade, but when you say you have like this mild fame and compared to like, um, like, so I'll work with Beyonce a bunch and when we'll be out wow. and like sh- the van will get attacked by fans because yeah. people hear that she's in a van, right. Or with Jay or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that's a whole nother level. And just uh, all the, any artists I've worked with, it's like, you see it happen all the time. What do you feel like you are? Do you ever go certain spots that you know are going to probably end up being a lot of people that recognize you and, and it's weird to deal with? No, no, no? like there's no, well, I guess colleges, maybe people recognize me more, but still it's nothing. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, when I moved over here, because we live near each other. When oh, I, sorry, I think I, I have to pee so bad, dude. We you could go pee, bro. Okay, where's <laughs> You're the good. Where's the uh, it's right out here. Hey guys, I want to do stop this episode real quick to tell you about our Patreon. Our Patreon is a way for you to support this Black with No Cream podcast, the private community, and everything that we do behind the scenes to create content for y'all. If you are interested in doing that, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/BlackWithNoCream where you get instant access to our private Discord channel, which is like a I don't know, just a better version of the Facebook group, I guess. I'm in it all the time, so if you have questions for me, you can go there and ask. We have uh, live streams every single month, two live streams every single month. We have bonus podcast episodes there's tons of great stuff in there and you get access to the how to charge client guide so if you're interested in doing that help us keep the lights on we appreciate it uh it's patreon.com slash black window cream all right let's get back to this episode that sounds right <laughs> so is that true though like you really feel like people don't or maybe it's just people may notice you i mean that's got so around music shit if i go into certain spots i know like oh if i'm at this type of show with this label some of those fans from those artists will recognize who i am or whatever so i could just i just know that it's happening which is strange. Yeah. it's a weird thing to yeah, know definitely yeah but you don't feel like that happens to you like if you're going somewhere you don't feel like people are i i don't remember when the fuck i moved here and I was riding, or I was, I remember what actually what happened. This is funny as fuck that I have you on the podcast now. Cause I remember cruising by, I'd seen all your videos. I'm pretty sure we'd like, it'd be like one of those nights in Iowa and, uh, we were mm-hmm. all at my friend's house and we just turn on Apple TV and we'd go to a channel and we're just watching your videos. Mm-hmm. And I moved over, I was in West Hollywood, I was in Studio City, then I went to West Hollywood and I moved uh, over here around this area. And I remember driving by and I saw you outside. I'm like, oh shit, that's that, that's the dude that's that guy Andrew and then mm-hmm. my girlfriend's like who's that I'm like mm-hmm. you gotta see the videos but then I just start seeing you just are recognizable like you just seem like you know you watch you you have 300 million some fucking views on your YouTube channel it's like inevitably but I it's weird to imagine that people don't bug you well no I mean I guess they they, they did a lot more yeah in, thir- in like 2013 or 14 but um, now it's it's no more than like once a week or whatever right so so back then you were kind of it was yeah even then though it wasn't i mean you think about it you you go outside and you ask anyone if they know who pewdiepie is they're not gonna yeah that's true most of them won't even know so yeah even all of youtube is very niche right it's not yeah we're not um 
real celebrities. Yeah, but so. but I think right now is an uh, interesting transition period where, t- you know, TV is really no more, and YouTube is like where people go to consume their shit. That's why we're, we, yeah, we're getting there. It, I think so, definitely. Um, I just today I just interviewed a guy named Gavin Magnus. You heard of him, Gavin Magnus? He's like this twelve-year-old next Justin Bieber type, you know? Really? Yeah. So, and he's got a million on Insta and then like a million point three on YouTube. And was it interesting? He does these covers. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it should come out really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it seems like in the direction of where we're going with channels having more priority than television channels, mm-hmm. like what are uh, some of your future plans coming up for, for what you're, what's next for you? Is it just focusing on the chatting series and really diving into that? Well, the chattings are fun. Yeah. I love doing those. For now, <laughs> um, it'd be great to put out films. You know, what kind of films? I don't know the type you can rent off Amazon. You know, yeah, like buy off full Amazon. features and shit. Yeah, full features, right? And you can enter into festivals, I guess. And, and uh, have you yeah. done anything like that before? No. So, have you made a lot of connections with people that are in that industry that to be able to like kind of dive into it when you're ready? Yeah nice definitely yeah like i know a few people a lot of my friends here in la you know are going to auditions constantly they're you know traditional media they're going they're actors you know? right my sister's one of those people uh oh really yeah did she move out here when you moved out here she uh two years before i did well and so yeah and she's older than me um and she yeah she's been you know chasing the dream uh she's been in a few stuff too yeah she has an imd page and all that right right, right. so nice yeah interesting um all right before we let you go i have uh our patreon we have like a patreon account so we always let do a little q a experience sure um i just posted it quickly so there's only a few questions but um uh sean sauce he said he was stoked on this interview coming up and he's really interested to understand why you rebranded your channel or why what was like the main main reason why you wanted to rebrand and i would i am interested to hear a little bit more on you know, you feel like you're going to burn yourself out almost maybe from the pranks, but I'd like to mm-hmm. hear from you. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I did the pranks, um, for like four or five years or something and I was getting sick of them and I was getting older and you know, you, you kind of, uh, as you get older, you run out of that, <laughs> that spunk, that, um, energy that, you know, you're allowed to have when you, right. you're, you're all reckless and being a punk, uh, you know you know messing with people and shit so but and the the interviews uh were something i you know i've always been a curious person i've always asked a lot of questions and uh been good at asking questions from people that have told me and then luckily you know i changed that and that's something i that's much more has much more longevity to it and i can do that for the rest of my life instead of pranks well it's interesting too how you tied it to vice kind of you were saying it's like vice style interviews Mm -hmm. i was just listening to a podcast with the guy that founded that and it's Mm -hmm. interesting to hear how they were so focused on i mean that's what they grew on is these interesting aspects to certain people areas whatever it is uh topics that are kind of you know you want to tiptoe around but you're diving into those interviews which obviously are showing promise that people are interested in that shit and if your channel becomes like a platform for these off the wall conversations with people that 
normally don't get this light shot on them. I think yeah. it has a huge chance of blowing up. Yeah, I mean, I, I love how, uh, you know, YouTube, you can do whatever you want, and it's very gonzo. It's very raw guerrilla journalism, mm -hmm. so it's it's fun. Yeah, I've been having a lot of fun. Right. Kyle G says um, he is interested. He goes, I wonder if there's ever anything he's discovered on how to best engage with viewers long-term throughout all of his content something that transcends the actual video topics that he applies to everything he creates. Is there anything that you do that you think is always kind of like a your thing? Hmm. Best way to connect with your audience? Yeah. Vlogging. Vlogging? Yeah, definitely. Get a vlogging camera, whatever, G7X, and talk to your audience like a, as if they were your best friend. That's definitely my advice if you want to connect with your audience and just be consistent with it yeah do you chat with them much like do you are you in dms or answering questions from them often or a little bit but it's mostly it's mostly like reading the reading the comments but and yeah and definitely like responding to them right but like paraphrasing i don't i i'm too lazy to like take the actual comment and put it on the screen right, right, right. so yeah is it is it um reading the comments is that does that bug you sometimes if people are talking shit <laughs> yeah of course but yeah most most of your vlog audience it's so niche that right. most of them are positive right yeah. but on interviews do you see a reaction like how you were talking about how it's like people could say if the, the yeah. interviewer this this and that yeah that's yeah i i try to limit myself from reading the the main channel comments yeah. especially if one like pops off like the ketamine did pop off and found that algorithm and then all these people that had no idea who i was i was like oh god yeah so I, you just at that point you just you gotta decide not to read those comments well and i feel like that's like plays into the whole mental health thing with creators now it's especially like when commenting and you can hide behind any account you want and say what you have to say and people will take that shit to heart is mm -hmm. i guess that's one way to balance it just not read this shit <laughs> You know yeah, I mean? definitely. But also, it's just people fucking a, being they're trash. trolling. Yeah, yeah. They're trolls. <laughs> well, it's it's like it's a natural law of the universe. Like the more successful you get, you have a certain number of haters. Right. So, yeah. If it's if you don't have haters, it ain't working or some shit like that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Tight. Well, I appreciate you coming on. This was awesome. I'm yeah, this you was fun. This. I just pulled up on you while you're trying to eat some avocado toast or some shit so no doubt <laughs> thank you for being tight enough to come do the podcast this was easy just Good. walked over yeah thanks man um cool is there any oh yeah this is what i always do sorry i almost forgot the shit sure so at the end of this shit um if anyone's listened to this all the way through about like an hour 11 minutes into it uh minus a pee break I give you the chance to give a hashtag right they're gonna pick a hashtag i'm telling everyone to go to your instagram which what's your instagram it's is it andrew hales um you might as well you might as well throw them to dad proper oh that's good let's go yeah. to dad proper okay yeah. so they're gonna go there and whatever your most recent post i'm gonna tell them to go and tag me at ben Rovers world and then put this hashtag you're about to pick so we both know that they made it this far in the podcast episode all right so whatever you want hashtag dad just dad can we do that yeah we can sure yeah <laughs> let's do that how'd you come up with dad proper again i don't know well i just was like looking for like usernames that were available <laughs> And that, and, and that one was available, so I got it. How the fuck did you even trip on dad proper? Well, I mean, people have been calling me dad for a while. I didn't <laughs> I didn't choose that. Just like my blog audience and other people, whatever. Because I'm also like kind of a dad in a lot of ways. I don't know. With huh. like chat and stuff. I, yeah. They, they've all been calling me dad. 
How old's your dog? Uh, just over three years. Three years. Bonnie, yeah. Right. That's funny as hell. God damn. All right. Well, everyone go there. Drop dad. Appreciate it, man. Uh, of course. Anything else you want them to check out while they're listening? No. Yeah. Just go to dad proper. Sure. Sick. All right. Thanks, man. Of course. That's it for episode 130 with Andrew Hales. If you want to be able to ask people like Andrew questions, you can do so by joining us on Patreon. We have the Q&A experience available for all of our Patreon members. You will get an update of who I'm about to interview in advance and be able to ask them any question you desire. Uh, And it's great because uh, sometimes it's hard to get these people to respond to you and I'll do it right there for you. So if you want to do that, patreon.com slash black window cream make sure to follow andrew on all his socials um links to that are in the description and don't forget to motherfucking subscribe because that shit is tight when you do that all right cool um if you're listening to this on spotify and itunes and everything like that if you would be so nice to leave us a review that's also appreciated and shop bwc.com to pick up some gear and that's it that's uh you know you putting some gas in the tank. We appreciate it. All right, cool. Love you, motherfuckers. We're doing this every Wednesday and Sunday. See you later.